What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm trying to be a little bit more upbeat here because Evan Grant's always down on my introductions. <laughs> this isn't really working out much better. Go ahead. <laughs> this is the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Podcast, Ballsy, brought to you by Evan Grant and moi, Kevin Sherrington. We don't have any uh, Barry Horn with us this week. He, he was at the doctor or he... He stubbed his toe, or the you know the cat ran out, or something. I'm like the that. one with the horrible. Yeah, you did the, the disfiguration. Yeah, yeah. You why? Why didn't you bring a, an eye patch? I want to tell you something. I may just start wearing an eye patch just because I like the look. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's a good look. It's it's very piratical. Piratical. The pirate. Yeah. You know, the pirate already that that name has already been uh, taken though. So I kind of hate to do that. Okay. But, but well, anyway. you could. Don't go for Moshe Diane either. No. That name was taken too. Moshe <laughs> Diane. Well, you're really reaching back now. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking of famous people with eye patches. Famous pirates. There's a guy. There's some soap opera with a guy on the soap opera has a uh, a patch on his eye. And I want to know. I want to know. Does he have one in real life, or is he just wearing that for the show? I don't know. But boy, this is really going to get the numbers <laughs> up. Eye patch talk. Eye patch talk. All right, here we go. In our college podcast today, we're going to lead off with something that we're going to start. We're going to have every week, maybe not in the college podcast, but we're going to have it on one of them, in which we're going to have three things. <laughs> and we're, I'm going to call it three ways. We'll, we'll see if it lasts after this one. But, you know, the, 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 the Big 12 took a little ding last Saturday when Oklahoma lost to Iowa State at home. The third-ranked team in the country lost to Iowa State at home, which, as the numbers go, I think that's the that's only twice that they've lost to Iowa State since 1961. Okay, yeah, Barry Switzer never let that happen. Um, you, you you simply could not lose that game, and they did, and they lost with Iowa State using a quarterback who I think had previously been a linebacker who had thrown two passes in his college career. So to to lose that game, as I tweeted at the time, was so Big Twelve uh, to do that. I mean, here here Oklahoma has a win over uh, Ohio State, a really good win on the road that means something. The, the, what they got to do is they could have lost, they could have lost to TCU, they could have lost to Oklahoma State, and if they had won in the Big Twelve championship game, I still think they would have been fine. Uh, I still think they would have gotten in. But I'll say this. Here are my three ways the Big 12 can still salvage its season. Okay. Okay? We'll take these one at a time. Number one. Are we discussing these? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. No, no, I'm just going to say this. It's going to be, a, you know, a pronouncement, and then we're going to quit, and then that's it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Of course we're going to discuss this. TCU wins the rest of its games, including the league title game, 
and the frogs are in because of winds in Stillwater and Norman, and they got screwed in 2014. Okay. I, I think TC. I think at this point in time, TCU will be in if they're an unbeaten team. An undefeated team that, that, that they'll be in. Okay. Right. Look up the look up the AP top 25 there while you're just doing nothing and I'm okay. t- doing all the work. Number two. Oklahoma wins the rest of its games, including the title game, and gets in because of quality road wins over Ohio State and Oklahoma State, and Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC title game. All right. Well, th- here's the question I'm going to have for you on this. Um, because on this I've, particular point? On this particular point. Okay, go if, ahead. I, I think if Georgia goes unbeaten, and that's there's no guarantees because they've still got the Florida game, and that's always an up in the air game. And I do believe the Auburn game is at Auburn, yeah. And Auburn is number that's, ten that's in the correct. country right now, right? Um, but I also think you're going to have Penn State ahead of Georgia lose at least once because Penn State's got, I believe, Michigan and Ohio State on back to back weeks. Well, they they got a really tough schedule here for the next three weeks. I believe they got they're going to play. Ohio State, Michigan. I think they got Michigan State too. Uh, now they finish uh, with a very soft finish. But they, they go Michigan at Ohio State at Michigan State. Yeah. So this is this is the, the very telling part right. of uh, Penn State's schedule right here. So my point is this: if Georgia and Alabama go into the SEC championship, say one and three. Yeah. Both undefeated. Yeah. And one of them loses. Their one loss is going to be to either the number one team. Or the number three team. Right. Possibly the number two team. Right. How are you going to knock that one loss team out? Especially, now especially with Alabama, Alabama's win, signature non-conference win, will be over Florida State, which is having a down year. Right. Georgia's well, not. Well, having a down year because of Alabama. Yeah, partly. Yeah. Partly. Um, Knocked out its quarterback. Georgia has a win right now over number 16 Notre Dame, which is moving up in the polls. Right. And would also, you know, and both teams would have potentially wins over Auburn. I don't know how the strength of schedule for those two teams, a one-loss team at that point in time, is going to knock them out. Yeah, I, I think... Be- uh, that's where I think the Iowa State loss will really come in to hurt Oklahoma. Yeah, it will. Here's, here's the way I'm looking at this. First of all, we've had teams get in to the, to the CFP... They did not even get into a league championship game, right? Right. So we, we've had that happen. I, I don't think, we, as I'm trying to recall, I don't know that we've head, had two unbeatens met, meet in a, a league championship right. game. And I don't think so. So there has not been a, a team get in that had just lost. Correct. So I don't know how much the committee is going to consider that effect. And, and, and let's face facts: if 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 those two teams get in and one of them loses. If those two teams end up undefeated playing in the SEC championship and one of them beats the other, in all likelihood, they're either going to be – there's a very strong champ- possibility that if Alabama wins that, mm-hmm. then the Alabama is number one seed and Georgia right. would potentially be the four seed. Do you want to rematch them yeah, no. I see, for that, a second and, consecutive game? And I think that's the problem for them. I really think I really think that Georgia is going to have a harder time getting in the CFP because I don't think they'll beat Alabama. Uh, I really think that they're going to have a harder time getting in the CFP than – Pretty much any of those other teams in the top six or seven right now, even the, even with a really good team, because if they lose to Alabama, I just think it's going to be hard for them for the committee to say, okay, we're going to, as you said, we're going to have a rematch here of uh, of this of this game that just happened, and uh, and well, their and their last game was a loss. To your point, to your point, there are 
of the top six teams in the AP poll right now. <clears throat> top six teams in the AP poll. You go SEC, ACC, yep. Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12, Pac Big 12. Right. So you've got all five power conferences um, represented there. And so, yeah, the, the, t- the conference with two in the top six, that's the conference that will have the hardest time. Yeah. Okay, and so number three. Get to your third point already so we can three, get be through with this. You know, I can't believe you're being so ugly about this. Number three, this is a distant three, by the way. Oklahoma State wins the rest of its games, including the title game, and gets in because Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC title game and the Pac-12 implodes. Uh, I think that, you know, we, we've kind of dismissed Oklahoma State because of the loss to TCU, uh, and that was a loss at home in Stillwater. So that was – it was not an awful loss. It was not an it was not a loss like Oklahoma's to Iowa State. I mean, TCU's a very good team, so I think if the if if Oklahoma State were to beat uh, Oklahoma, uh, and then then if they were to meet TCU in the championship game, and they were to beat them in a rematch, mm-hmm. I think that might be enough. But it's going to be really hard because here's what's going to happen. First of all, I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say that Alabama and Clemson are in. One and two. I, I don't see either one of those teams losing from here on out. Uh, and I, I really think that they will be – and I think they are the two best teams in the country right now. And I think that's what those those coaches are going to say as well on the committee. The coaches should get a lot of weight on there because they, I think they I think they throw that weight around. So that's one and two. I think that Penn State even – we'll know on Penn State over the, over the next three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if they get past these three teams, I think, they're, I think they got an excellent shot of winning um, the, the, big tw- uh, the Big Ten. And so they're going to be – and that's going to be three, three spots right there. I really do think that it's going to be those three. I think, I think what everybody's gaming for now is, is the fourth spot. Right. And and to me, well, no, well, I'm not so sure about Penn State. I'm not buying Penn State completely because well, they, get, uh-huh. they do have this killer stretch of the next three weeks, and when all is said and done, they're going to probably have to beat a top ten team in Nebraska in, in uh, Wisconsin in the Big Twelve champion in the Big Ten in the Big Ten championship. Uh, yeah, I think there's something to now, that. Now, if they but do I, all that, look, if they do all that and they're sitting there at thirteen and zero, I mean. You know, you can't. Yeah, you can't dispute that. They got. They've also got. Here's the thing about Penn State. It's a difference maker for me too. They, they got a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. He 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 might be the the front runner right now, especially uh, after Oklahoma's loss. So uh, Saquon Barkley. So I, I think that that's that's going to make a big difference uh, for for Penn State this year. So I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm I'm saying those those three for me are good. So that so that means that what you've got is the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Ten. Right now, that none of the two that are left out yeah. at that point are the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Correct. Um, I there's a the, there's a lot of rumbling out there in the in the Pac-12 now because the Washington State's moved because Washington State has played so well. You know, Washington State has just blown out everybody on their schedule. Right. You know, they're they're really playing great. Um, they they've still got some big games to play. They got to play Washington State. That'll be a, a huge game at the end of the year. So. We'll see what happens in all that. But I certainly think, uh, and I certainly thought so before Oklahoma lost Iowa State, which is just mind-boggling to me, uh, that you could, you could say that, that the Big 12 and the Pac-12 were certainly head-to-head, that there were just as many good 
Big 12 teams, when I say good, I'm talking about, you know, when people talk about, you know, and Bob Bowlesby always wants to talk about this, about the depth from top to bottom. It doesn't matter how good your bottom teams are. It matters how good your teams are at the top. That that's a, you it's have the to only have way really that it matters. Teams. Your teams at the bottom, your top to bottom strength is really the, the top the, the top two or three teams from the Power Five conferences are all going to be in the top fifteen. Okay, right. The bottom three well, teams be. in all five pack in all five power conferences are going to be horrible, basically. Not not all not all of them. I mean, in the SEC West this year is down, you yes. know. But but normally the SEC West is is very good, and uh, and you could probably get they're probably all in the top thirty. But how deep you 35. go, how deep you go, will have some kind of impact on the strength of schedule. So if you've got six or seven teams in the top twenty five from your conference, I think that's going to make a difference um, when it comes down to strength of schedule. And I. I still go back to looking at all these teams and looking at one-loss scenarios and looking at the strength of schedule, and I'm looking at the non-conference opponents. And Washington's non-conference opponents were Rutgers, Montana, and Fresno. Right. Um, Terrible. Washington State's were Montana State, Boise, which which was a three-point win, and Nevada. And, you know, you again, you go back to Alabama – They'll have they'll have the Auburn game. Georgia will have Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. Clemson has Auburn. Um, Oklahoma has Ohio State. TCU won't have that kind of representation. Oklahoma State's big win would be, but the non conference would be pin, 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 pin. Well, non conference, yeah, right. Pit, Pitt, yeah, not not very good. No, they're they're not. And that's the funny thing. I went back and looked at the preseason schedule rankings, and ESPN's power index actually had Oklahoma State's schedule tougher than Oklahoma's. And it's like, how is that possible when you got Oklahoma playing at Ohio State, and then they go in there and win? I think that the the thing that will help the Big Twelve is that if. Oklahoma doesn't screw up and lose any more games, unless they lose to TCU or Oklahoma State, is that you beat the team that beat Ohio State on the road. So, and plus, TCU now is going to, to win it all, TCU is going to have to beat, uh, they've already beaten Oklahoma State in Stillwater, and now they got, they're going to have to beat Oklahoma in Norman in a couple of weeks. So if they, can, if they can do that, that's impressive to me. Uh, and the thing that will impress the committee is that TCU plays really good defense. Um, and TCU did play Arkansas on the road. Uh, that that's a uh, that's not a that's not a big time game, but that's a good game. Arkansas is heading for for its fourth loss this week. Yeah, and then I'll be attending their fifth loss uh, a week from this when they lose to Auburn. Yeah. Um, but it's not like playing Nevada, though. No. Yeah, or, or it's Montana not. State. I it's mean, not. You know, so that's 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 a. But it's know, also it's also. I mean, we're talking about team. we're talking about the other teams that I think that will be in the mix that will all have a win or a game over a much higher. I mean, Alabama, even down, Florida State's going to rank higher than Arkansas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. down. And not down. I mean, Notre Dame, I think, is on its way up. It's going to rank higher than Arkansas. But, but, I, I but the thing the, is, but Alabama's in. We're not even making right. an argument about Alabama. I mean, they're, they're, 
that's like you know. What if Alabama loses? What if Alabama loses the Auburn game? They might not even make the conference championship in that situation. Yeah, it's it's possible. I mean, because Auburn's playing better and Jarrett Stidham. And Auburn's only loss is the number three Clemson, fourteen to six. Here's the thing, though, about uh, about Alabama, and here's why uh, Kevin Sumlin uh, went with Kellen Mond at quarterback, and why he was playing Kellen Mond in the first half of the UCLA game, even though. Uh, they were winning. They were up by 21 in the first half, and he's, and he's sticking Kellen in there because he likes him. He likes the fact that he's a dual threat quarterback. He, uh, you know, he looked terrible in that UCLA game, but he's a, but he's a freshman, and he just threw him into the fire out there. Uh, he has really gotten a lot better, uh, and what he presents is uh, that dual threat, which to me is I, I'm, I've been pounding that this year. It is so important to me in college football. If your quarterback is not a system guy, you know, like uh, you know, like what Texas Tech runs out every year, what Baylor was doing on their Art Bryles, then you better have a guy who can run with the ball uh, and make things happen. Otherwise, and that's why, and that's why Texas is going to go with Sam Ellinger this week. I know they have not made that announcement; they're not going to make it over Shane Bouchelle because he's a better runner than Shane is, right. even when Shane's healthy. Uh, and I know Shane was a, a dual threat coming out of high school, but he's not a very big kid. And Ellinger's thicker, bigger, uh, and uh, and and they like what he what he gives you, and and to me that's the thing on the Auburn Alabama thing. Jarrett Stidham, the quarterback at Auburn who was at Baylor, is more of a pocket type quarterback. Not really a guy who's going to take off that much. Uh, and uh, and he's he's a thinner kid. Uh, not not really going to take that kind of uh, bashing. And you watch, you know, and I was at that Alabama A and M game on Saturday. I'm telling you, that's like watching, you know, demolition derby. Watching that that game, there there's so much uh, hitting going on and big collisions and uh, and that was really, uh, even though Al- even though A and M lost, I was impressed with what they did in that game against a really good Alabama team. Uh, and it's just that that is who Alabama is. You know, they 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 hit people and they and they people are they don't like to get up after that. You know, so. That they're going to be great, and I think that TCU's the best chance for the Big Twelve of getting somebody in. Uh, I, I think that the, if, if they go undefeated, I think people, well, I think people on the committee will say, you know what, we did screw them in 2014. They're undefeated. They 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 had two big wins over the Oklahoma teams on the road, and they play good defense. Let's go. Uh, listen, if TCU goes undefeated, they've got a great case. Um, I hope the 2014 situation doesn't come into play because I, I, I think the idea of this committee is not to go back and say no, I know that. I'm just, we're going I to make that, Lifetime Achievement Awards. I'm just kidding when I said that. But uh, they do have a win. Listen, they do have a win over a school from a Power 5 conference, and, and that's, that's good. Um, if They are the, the Big 12's best hope because they are the one unbeaten team. And they, they still have the ability to run the table. And there's there's going to be no better argument come time for the for the committee to meet than to say this team has no blemishes on its record. So, yeah, I, I think TCU is its best hope. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, you were sitting there if you had TCU in, in, in Oklahoma meeting in the conference championship game, one team unbeaten, one team with, with no losses – I mean, one team unbeaten, one, one team with one loss, then you then you can make a uh, a real strong case. But you could still get to that situation, you know. Well, teams have gotten into the CFP with a bad loss. 
team. Uh, you know, Ohio State's gotten in with a bad loss uh, before. So it's possible you can do that. Uh, but you're going to have to, you know, and I've said this before too, uh, you're going to have to play better defense. Uh, you know, that was the, the crazy thing to me. Was I think to, you have to go back to the BCS days for that. No, I think Ohio State, Ohio State lost, uh, had lost, had a bad loss uh, in the 2014 season. Uh, then they came back and beat Wisconsin in the championship game, and that's what got them in. Um, what what you uh, what has to happen is that the coaches on that committee are going to demand that you be able to play defense. They uh, lost to Virginia Tech. Yeah, uh, so they're going to demand that you play defense, and and Oklahoma was doing that early in the season. In that game against uh, Ohio State, they played great defense. You know, they made J.T. Barrett look very pedestrian in that game, uh, and I was and that was to me. The big difference between the Oklahoma teams of the last several years and this year, and now, now they've just looked terrible in the last two or three weeks. And if they can't get that defense turned back around, it's going to be really hard for Oklahoma to get in, even if they go undefeated from here on out. I just really think that the committee is going to say, you know, uh, you negated the great win in Ohio State with the loss to Iowa State at home, Ohio State. The great one there, and then you lost the game against uh, Iowa State at home, and your and your defense is just middling, you know. So they had everything going for them, and to lose that game, it was just mind blowing. Yeah, me. It, it's <laughs> it's as you mentioned, it's so Big Twelve. It is. And that's it's kind of that's kind of what I thought when I saw the score um, on Saturday. Uh, same thing, yeah. That's just that is just so Big Twelve for the league to be positioned well for the TCU Oklahoma showdown, and for them to then have another you know a rematch in the championship game. Um, and once again, I think they you know it just exposes this league's weakness, which is that you talk about how many teams you have at the top and how good your top is. As long as Texas is not part of that mix, you know, that should be a given. Texas should be a part of that mix every year. Texas and Oklahoma need to be good at it. And when they're not, you know, you are you're going to struggle when it comes when it comes to CFP time. All right. As we're talking about Texas. What about Texas' chances of running the table? Well, let's see what happens this week in, in All right, that's what I'm asking you. What do you, you know, think is gonna happen? I think Oklahoma is the better team, and I think Oklahoma is going to come out a little bit motivated after that loss. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. lost to Texas last year. They were the better team then, too. That's true, and you know it's you get that's the thing about the Texas OU game. You just never can tell. No, I would say that losing to Iowa State, and I will say this too: I do not think they were looking past Iowa State to Texas. Um, you know, because I don't think they thought that Texas is, is in their class either. Um, I think they just they just lost that game. Uh, I think that this week, uh, what we'll see is how good Texas defense really is. They played really well against Sam Darnold and USC, but now USC has struggled uh, since then, uh, and Sam Darnold has not looked like the Heisman Trophy quarterback everybody thought he was. Uh, I th- I think he's going to be a I think he has a chance to be a good pro quarterback. He's just not having a Heisman Trophy season. So uh, it's a good question for me to see what Texas does in this game. Can their defense bottle up Baker Mayfield? Um, can they pressure him into making uh, mistakes? You know, for all the, uh, the here's the thing about Baker Mayfield for me. 
he's a very talented quarterback, obviously. He's a very accurate passer, um, and he's also very mobile. He can do all those things. He's got a little bit of happy feet for me. Uh, he's a little emotional back there, and I think he can be pressured into doing things that you don't want him to do. Uh, you, you know, To me, the big thing with him is he has to relax a little bit back there and know when to throw the ball away or, or not to force an, an issue. Um, he tries to make too much happen sometimes. So we'll see whether Texas can force him into that or not. I do think, yeah, I'm going to pick Texas, uh, I mean, pick Oklahoma to win this game. I think they're – I think Oklahoma's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite uh, early line in that game. Uh, I am picking Texas to cover that spread. Uh, I think it'll be a close game. Um, I think it'll have a lot to do with how well Sam Ellinger plays as well. If he can give them that same element that he did against USC and, and he did last week as well against Kansas State, I think that that will be – uh, that'll be huge. I just think it's really hard to account for a quarterback um, who can run the ball. Uh, if a, when a guy can take off and make things happen, I just think that makes all the difference in the world. I, yeah, I, I. but I'm going to tell you that when it comes to um, my experiences now watching a little bit of high school football the last couple of years yeah, and with the colleges, I've kind of gotten tired of the spread and the read option. I still feel like the most effective offense is a good running game and a pro style quarterback. Yeah, you just there. But how many pro style quarterbacks are there, Evan? And that's that's the problem. Is that you? If you can if you can flip it all around the here's the problem with, with for me with teams that that throw it all around the field. Generally speaking, their defense is not very good. Well, I think I, you know, I think we, it's a direct correlation. We there. talked on the Mavericks podcast about the change in the NBA and. That the league has gotten the league has gotten smaller, and that everybody does a little bit of everything. And and I think even most of your pro style quarterbacks now um, have the ability to run a little bit. Uh, they're not going to just take off and and start scrambling. Right. Uh, it's not a traditional scramble or any of that. But I think they've got the ability to run a little bit. And I do think that that we are seeing quarterbacks be more athletic in general. And because of that, I think that added dimension, I, I just feel like if you've got a strong running game, you still wear down defenses in the second half, you can take advantage of things, and then play action still to me is the ultimate freeze the defense, go deep, score. I, I think that's right, but that's in a best-case scenario. See to me, sure it is. It, but it, I think I think it's a but it's a simple, it's a simple format, and I think we've we've gotten away from. Well, it. it's it's a simple format if you've got the athletes who can do it, and Correct. that and that's the and that's the issue. To me, the great thing about having a guy when I say a dual threat quarterback, I'm not talking about a guy who's just a runner. Right. Uh, he's got to be able to throw the ball too. It, it won't do you any good. I was having this discussion with our old pal Reiner Saban before the A and M Alabama game. Uh, Reiner used to work here and now covers Alabama. Uh, and he said, oh, Kellen Mond won't be an issue for, for uh, Alabama because he, he can't throw downfield. And I said, well, you're right. He's, he's, not, he's not great at it so far. Uh, he's, he's, but he's getting better. He's, he's got the ability to do that. And then you, the running ability is, is clear. He's, he's athletic. He, he buys himself time. And that's the other issue with the, the dual-threat quarterback. He's just buying you time. 
on on uh, two or three of the of the signature passes in that game for Texas A and M, he was he was uh, it was, came after his scramble. If you got if, if your quarterback is just back there, look, we we've seen what the the Big 12's, you know party time offenses have done in the big games, and that, and those guys have been shut down. If you've got a good pass rush, it makes all the difference in the world. So. I think that uh, it's. I think it's easier to find a guy who can who can run a little bit and throw a little bit than it is to find a guy. Uh, otherwise, you're you're talking about a guy who's in a system, right? And then the system takes up all the time at practice, and then and then uh, they don't pay attention to the defense, and and plus they score so fast uh, when they do that their defense is on the field an inordinate amount of time, and the guys are all worn out. It, it, just in the Big Twelve, is the the Big Twelve is the you know that is the league known for its its uh, big time offenses and what has that gotten them on the national stage? That's true. I mean, so I, I think that that's that's to me. The, I mean, I don't think there's been enough defense. I don't think there's been enough attention paid to defense in the Big Twelve. But that's a completely different story. Well, and I think I think in a large in a large part, it's why Gary Patterson has built the success that he has at TCU because in a league that's been so consumed with these tricked up offenses, he has been the guy who is. I know defense. I know what defense can do. I'm going to build a great defense. But uh, he had to change too, and he changed. And and uh, and and Sonny Cumbie and uh, uh, and and I'm, forgetting, I'm blanking on Doug's last name. Uh, Doug Meacham, uh, his offensive coordinators, his co-offensive coordinators. They were able to to make a, a system there, and that was the, to me that's the genius of Gary Patterson is that he's a defensive coach. There's no question about right. it, and a great defensive coach. He might be the best defensive coach in the country. I think. To do what he does year in and year out, he's getting good players, but he's not getting great players. He's not getting five-star recruits. Uh, to but do he, he still looks like Chris Farley's down-by-the-river character. He does. Guy, hitching up those pants. I'm telling you, he is, he is the greatest. Uh, to, to Not only that, but then to go to the press conference afterwards. Basically, the last game I went there was the SMU game, and I, I didn't ask a question of him at the press conference. He just started talking. All right, and, let's, and stuff he says is just amazing. Let's move on to the real hot button topic. All right, go ahead. Because you will be at Texas, Oklahoma, as yes, you I always will. are at the Red River Rivalry. And you make it, is that kicking at 2.30? 2.30 this year, so I don't have to get up in the middle of the night to, to get to the to Fair Park. All right, but in the past, when I've gone, a couple of times I've gone with you, um, we've had the traditional corny dog at 8.30 yeah. in the morning. <laughs> right. Um, so you'll actually be able to eat it. Will you have a corny dog this year? Duh. Okay. Uh, and, and you know how I feel. I f- still feel that the Fletcher's jalapeno cheese corny dog is better than the original. Oh, and dog. you're crazy too. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but I went to the fair yesterday, Kevin. Yeah. How'd it go? Monday. Um, a couple things real quickly. It was, um, uh, the kids, this is fair. Fair week for the kids, you know. The fair week? They get fair, the whole week well, off? Well, fair days. Yesterday and today. Do the suburb kids, they, did they allow them to come down to Dallas and go to the fair? Yes, yes. There were a ton of Flower Mound kids at the fair yesterday. There were. A, did they make them pay a toll for coming down here? No, no. no. There were a ton of kids in general. Um, I don't know that this was my best choice uh, or best decision ever to go on a Monday with five teenage girls um, in the middle of the afternoon with record-breaking heat. But uh, you have any? Is there anything on your docket that you want to try this year? 
You know, I'm, uh, and maybe I'm just out of the loop this year. I'm just not hearing or reading about things or seeing things. Oh my gosh, this is going to be the signature thing to have at the fair this year. And some of the things like the 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 fried uh, Fruit Loops, fried Fruit Loops doesn't do it for me. The fried sheet cake uh, is what our guide live folks really really um, fell for. Fried sheet cake. Um, I don't even like sheet cake to begin with. I'm less. not a big sheet cake guy fried either. Sheet cake. I, I, I want icing. I just don't want. I, I don't care that much about sheet cake. But here's the deal. And and we we walked around. We sweated. Um, we did all that crap yesterday. Uh, I still go back to this. I still think that in my decade or so of going to the fair, yeah, that the best the best innovation in the fried food game has been the fried pop tart. The fried I don't see I don't like pop tarts. So I don't, I don't like pop tarts either, but they it is a fried s'mores pop tart covered in whipped cream and it's just chocolate crunch and whipped cream and there's nothing bad to say about that as <laughs> as natalie said yesterday when she was enjoying her fried pop tart yeah i have dreams about this <laughs> good for her good for her Yeah, you know, the kids are coming in, you know uh, for uh, strangely enough uh, i have two kids in college now ford and olivia and uh, they are on a uh, fall break right ford is on fall break uh, Thursday and Friday. Yeah, Nick, Nick is Nick, who is at Arkansas, is coming home this weekend too. And then she, and then Olivia, who's at Arkansas, is at Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. So anyway, so we'll be doing a lot of fair business. Um, you know, in our, in our place, uh, in our car, uh, we always start off with a corn dog, and, and a regular one, not not some fouled up thing. Uh, tornado taters. We love those. We always stop and get those. You know, I just love it when you say tornado taters to me. <laughs> really? Yeah, I really do. It's good. Well, what else am I going to say? Tornado potatoes. Uh, tornado taters. Uh, we love those. Uh, what else do we? Oh, we always we always go to get roost. Is it roost tamales in the uh, in, in the food court? I think it is. And we get the there's a chili stand in there we that we really like, and we go in there. And we in get, the tower food court. Yeah. yeah, there is a chili stand in there. Yeah. And we always go there and get that. That's always really good. Um, and then I always try the whatever the, the, the big special thing is. And uh, usually, you know, if you're facing Big Tex, he's waving at you, right? And you go to the right, mm -hmm. there's a stand over there that always has uh, one of the new dessert type things. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we always go there. And we always try several of the things. You know, uh, Madeline, my oldest daughter, is really the best one because she has a real sweet tooth. So she loves to try all of those. Yeah, I, the fried, I just, by and large for me, the fried sweet stuff has outdistanced the, the savory stuff. The fried Snickers, the fried Oreos, the fried Pop-Tart, all of those, I think, are real winners. I did see in the tower. Not with my cardiologist, they're not, no. Well, I, I don't think your cardiologist would be big on the corny <laughs> dog either. But That's uh, true. I did see in the Tower Food Court, and this has never been, I've never been advertised as some innovation. I did see yesterday after we had pretty much expended our use of, of tickets. Um, hey, by, but before you get to that, here's what I always thought, to stop the flow of money, you got to go see the pig races or, or the dog show. We were The pig races like were done um, right about the time we got there for the day. Oh, really? Yeah, the pigs were, we, and, and I've. I've seen my share of pig races in my time. Um, 
You know, they're, they're, what, they're, they're fun, but they also, the whole time you're sitting there, you're not spending any money. Well, that's true. And what Gina did do is um, she wore the wrong shoes to the fair yesterday. Oh, she, my She gosh. wasn't happy with her shoe choice. She wore high heels? Uh, no, she, she didn't. She just wore some Adidas that were, um, uh, that apparently she got from Rick Pitino. And, <laughs> and they were uncomfortable. So we spent some time. Uh, tracking down a pair of flip flops uh, for her. You and spent some time tracking down. You bought shoes we, at the fair. We bought shoes, we, but what it did do is it allowed us to like walk through uh, the arts and crafts uh, building and um, some of the marketplaces, and those are places that you know I just hadn't been in the past. And a lot of that stuff is is schlocky and everything, but it was just kind of a let's stop. It's the, also very relaxing though. Stop the flow of money. Stop the flow. Of, I love I love going in there when the guys are demonstrating cookware and things. Oh, uh, the cookware and, demonstrations were going on. And they got the headsets on like we got Everybody's on today. got a headset on. And they're going and now look at this right here, and this you take this off right here, and you can clean it on the bottom, and then it's really nice. It's even that, that is. You, have you ever considered working during the? Oh my morning? gosh, I could just stand there, and I could almost fall asleep just standing there listening to those guys talk. We saw one guy yesterday. He was so into demonstrating his wine wine bottle openers. Really? Yeah, it was in the it was in the Coliseum in the Coliseum Marketplace, which my good friend Nancy Nichols once worked at when she was working for the Dallas Blackhawks and. I didn't know for she 40, did that. Yes, yeah, for 40 years now, she's referred to that building as the Blue Modern because that's what the receptionist used to call it as. Wow. So, I don't even know of the Coliseum. I just know of the Blue Modern. Wow. So uh, we were in the Blue Modern, and and uh, th- this guy was uh, demonstrating his wine cork removers, and um, I could have just stood there and took a nap. Yeah, it's it's wonderful, isn't it? You know, speaking of uh, of, of that of wine and uh, that sort of thing, I have a good friend of mine, Bill Wine, who is actually a taster at the state fair, an official chili taster. Official chili taster. Yeah. During the chili competition. Yeah. Uh, can I enter my chili now? Would my chili not be? Could my since my chili. I can make it with black beans, or I can make it without black beans. Oh my! Don't bring anything in there with beans because it, it won't. They won't judge it with beans. No, not, not only that, they would throw you out of the fair. I, I listen. It's time for Texas to accept the occasional bean. No, no, we'll accept it if it fell in accidentally. Uh, that's that's the only way we'll we'll it, accept the bean. I'm as I, I'm as anti bean as most people. Yeah, but I, I got to tell you, the black bean does add something to the chili. Debbie Debbie used to make. Uh, chili with beans in it. She put all kinds of stuff in there. Finally, I just weaned her off all of that, and we just go straight with the chili. Gina makes a, a chili that's like all beans and no beef, and I'm like, oh, all no. beans and no beef. I said, make that when I'm not home. Yes, you can that's have right. that for a whole week while I'm not home. <laughs> I want beef, no beans. So this weekend, I made a big old pot of chili. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, there's a huge pot of chili in the kitchen right Oh, now. see, no, I'd love to have a pot of chili because you know here's the great thing about chili, and then you, you can have chili. You can have a Frito pie. Uh, you can have tamale pie. There's just a, a thousand things you can do with chili. Maybe not a thousand, maybe three. <laughs> well, that's it. But it's but it's really good stuff. You know, and I, I really have no room to talk because uh, my, my my dear uh, beloved uh, uh, friend, uh, Gary Bailey, uh, who passed on, and after he died, uh, we all had a chili cook-off, and, it's, they, and his family would have one every year, and they would give an award for the worst chili. And so, and so I, I won the award for the, the worst chili, and uh, 
And what was wrong with your chili? They didn't like it. I thought it was pretty good. What myself. did the judges say about it? Uh, they just said it was terrible. Uh, it was it, everybody else had a really exotic chili. They had all different kinds of things they were putting in it. You know, like you know, lamb or you know, you know, gazelle. And and so I, uh, you know, mine was just a pretty straightforward chili, and they just didn't like it. But I told uh, I told Gary's uh, uh, son, his youngest son, I said. I'm sure that your old man is is dying laughing at the fact that I won this award for the worst chili. I said, I, so I feel good that I was able to do that and uh, and uh, pass that on. But I think that in, in, under normal circumstances, this was at a at a also at a camp out. Uh, under normal circumstances, I can make a better chili than that. All right. Well, I'll take your word for it. You've okay. never brought me chili, but. No, nor have you brought me any, but that's that's beside the point. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you a bowl of chili. You know what my best? And while we're talking Frito, you know, because I'm a big ex uh, proponent of uh, Frito chili pie. Uh, I, I hear you make a fine one at the uh, Hillcrest Games. I do, I do make a good one. But here's the thing: really, my favorite, and it's not even really uh, chili pie; it's brisket pie, and that is at uh, McLard's Barbecue in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Have you ever been there? Have not. They they use chopped brisket and then they put tamales underneath you can get as many as you want uh and then it has uh, grated cheese and chopped onions on top of that it is fabulous and it is way more than you can possibly eat all right i'll keep that in mind okay all right uh well i think it's time to wrap up we've had enough fair talk we have we've had some college football talk we've had the wildly successful and brief uh three ways three ways yeah um, that was really good too. We'll be having a meeting over lunch to discuss that. <laughs> the future of that tradition going forward with that. <laughs> All um, I know is, is that our bosses said we need to have a staple on every week so people can latch on to that. Well, I think but I think the staple needs to be something that's like 90 seconds worth. Well, well that was could have been I think if we didn't talk so much it would have been 90 seconds. Oh, well, you just want me to give you the whole microphone. <laughs> All right, well let's get out of here because I am now hungry. Yeah. Uh, Let's go eat some chili. We'll just remind folks that this week we had a Mavs podcast instead of the Rangers because the Mavs season is opening. What we'll probably do is come back with a Rangers podcast next week. If they do anything. Um, I don't think they'll do anything between now and then, but we haven't discussed the postseason press conference that John Daniels and Jeff Bannister had, and I think you and I both have some thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, We had a Cowboys podcast that was all over the map from – Zeke Elliott's uh, ongoing court case to uh, clock management, management yep. to, of course, the national anthem controversy. And you just listen. Hopefully you're at the end of this and have listened to all of the college football talk. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I, I, once again, I'll say with no Barry, it's, it's amazing how smoothly everything runs. Doesn't it? No Papa. No Papa to slow it down. All right, everybody, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.